Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on sports. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on sports. Check it out. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another version of Bill Roden on sports. Thank you and good night. Now, very, very enthusiastic. That's today. right. I like it. Hey, man, we're running on fumes here. Right. Guys, right. start like start off strong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like smoking Joe. So anyway, we're here uh, in Manhattan. Yes. You know, very excited. Chelsea. 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 That's that's what they call it now, right? Is this yeah. Chelsea? This is Chelsea. Man, they expanded like they expand Harlem. Hey, man. All the way down to like the hundredth street or something. Anyway, here with a. Uh, Jamal Murphy, Jamal, what's going on? Not much, man. I'm finally, you know, for once, I'm not at a college basketball game. It feels feels good. It's great, man. Yeah. And we're gonna, you know, we're gonna have. A, obviously, this segment is gonna be very basketball heavy. Talk a lot of hoops. We're gonna talk about uh, Andre Iguodala, mm. and we're gonna talk about no love for Kaepernick. Mm. Um, <laughs> you know, um, but let's talk about. Brooklyn, you were you saw a lot of great basketball, man. I mean, you saw a lot of great basketball. I forgot where I was, but you saw a lot of great basketball. You were in, you were going back and forth between Brooklyn and the Garden, right? Brooklyn right. and the Garden, right? Barclays and the Garden. Yeah. So tell me, uh, how was the atmosphere at the Barclays? And I got mixed reviews. There are people saying it seemed like there was a lot of sh- suits, there, a lot of court, like attorneys and mm. that kind of stuff. But what was the atmosphere like at the Barclays Center? Yeah, I, I didn't notice all that. I mean, to me, it was a live atmosphere. It was, it was hype inside the building. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to be honest, you know, back and forth to from Madison Square Garden to Barclays is kind of an exaggeration. I mean, I was mostly at Barclays <laughs> right. because it it was just a better tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, the you know the ACC. AC, ACC this year they got nine teams in. Syracuse got dissed, unfortunately, um, but they still got nine teams in. It was a wow. great tournament. Wow. And, you know, the atmosphere to me was electric, mm. especially when either Duke or North Carolina was playing, as you would expect. But even the other teams like Syracuse, they lost in the first round, but they brought a big crowd with them. Yeah. Notre Dame travels well in New York. Uh, there were some other schools. But uh, in the semifinals, you had a Duke-North Carolina matchup, which is, I mean, that's just, you know, for a college basketball fan, that's a dream come true. You didn't have to go to North Carolina to see right. it. They came to Brooklyn with it. Mm. So that was a big deal. Also, the whole... The whole deal of the ACC being in New York, you know, took center stage as far as, uh, you know, the coaches talking about it. Most of them, you know, like all of them like the idea. Uh, they like playing playing in Barclays. And they really took the headlines from the Big East tournament, which, which, you know, a lot of that was just happenstance because the Big East had, a, you know, they got seven teams in the tournament, too. Seven of their ten teams made the right. tournament. So they had a solid year themselves. But it's, it was Villanova and everybody else, thanks to a couple injuries to a Creighton point guard and the Xavier point guard, which kind of brought everybody down to earth except for Villanova. So the yeah. the tournament was it was not a big, you know, nobody everybody expected Villanova to win and they won. There was no there was no real, you know, excitement there. Yeah, I mean, 
and and look at the teams. I mean, Creighton, Milwaukee. I mean, Creighton and right. uh, Marquette. And, right. I mean, nice teams, but it can't really meet the glamour of Duke, right. North Carolina, uh, Florida State. Um, you know, right. Notre Clemson. Dame. Yeah, Notre, Notre Dame. So was it? Was, was do you think it was a better tournament? So you think ACC had a better tournament? Oh, they had, a better yeah, basketball. There's tournament. no question they had a better basketball tournament. I mean, when you have, you know, Duke. First of all, Duke. Uh, was the story of the of the tournament, the story of the nation after that tournament. They won four straight games. They were they were the fifth seed mm-hmm. in that tournament coming in. So they had to play on the first day or the second day. So they went through Clemson. Then they beat a, a very good Louisville team, Patino, who you yeah. know if you have to mention that. Sure. They, they beat a Louisville team, came from behind to beat Louisville, came from behind to beat North Carolina mm-hmm. in the game I just mentioned. Then came right. from behind in the championship game to beat Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. All those were great games. And those are those are marquee matchups, right, right, even right. without being great games. Right. So I mean, there was no question; it was just a better tournament. And it's not to say that that will always be the case, but this mm-hmm. this year there was no question. Are they coming back? Yeah, they're coming back. They had a two they have a two year contract, so they'll be back next year. Right, they may play Brooklyn. the Garden the year after that. Well, that's funny because uh, Mike Bray, the coach of Notre Dame, he you know they were asking him how he feel how he liked playing in Barclays compared to the Garden when he was in the Big East. He was like, oh, you know, the Garden is electric. You know, he was like, the Barclays was electric this time, but you know, he was like, who knows? We might be in that building. Yeah, <laughs> so. they may. Don't laugh. I mean, it's sort of like an incursion. You, you right. Know, I mean. I don't know if they would have, but, you know. And speaking of that, the Big Ten is in is the it? Garden next year. They do, But they're having their tournament a week earlier than the Big East. So oh, they're doing wow. their tournament a week earlier than all the big to- the big uh, league, you know, the big That's conferences. Because they were in D.C. Right. They were in D.C. this time. It was right. so funny that they've all basically abandoned their traditional turf. I mean, right. the ACC's moved from, you know, Tobacco Row. Right. Uh, the Big Ten's moved from, uh, you yeah. know, the Midwest and everybody there, you know, say, you know, we want to come east, because, right? You know, and it's a, it's because the shakeup of the leagues, like there's, there's no ge, ge you know, ge, geographical uh, concept anymore as far as the league goes, mm-hmm. because you know, Rutgers is in the Big Ten now, so you could, you know, you got to satisfy yeah. them in the ACC. All these old Big East teams, Syracuse, Boston College, Boston College, Pittsburgh, all these teams. So there's no, there's no real. You know, hub where they used to be. Well, well next thing you know, the, the Pac-12 will be in New York. You know, <laughs> yeah, that'll because be I mean, because we don't even mention because you know, I mean, UCLA could very well end up being the Final Four. Right. Uh, but you know, we don't outside of the ball. You know, uh, the ball thing. We don't right. really talk about them because they're outside the Eastern Time Zone. They're right. like three hours away. But between. Arizona and UCLA, they could end up winning it all. Maybe, no maybe question. the power. Gonzaga, of, maybe even Gonzaga. Maybe that's Gonzaga. not the Pac-12, but that's the West. Well, that's you know that's the whole thing about upsets. I mean, we know, uh, you know, and it, it just we've been covering this stuff for years. And the way it's going to go is, <laughs> round one, you're going to have some Cinderella. It's going to be fun, right? You know, starting a Wednesday, with of course, you know, the HBCUs, you know, uh, North Carolina Central. You know, playing. Uh, I think they play uh, UC. Well, they're they're in a playing game first, right? And then they're going to play one of the big dogs. I forget right. which. They they would play if Central won, they'd play Kansas. Yeah, I mean, so like, they have no chance. Really, come on. And then Texas Southern, and we're going to get to this little lake. Texas Southern's got to play North Carolina. Right, and, and 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 I got this question on Twitter during the week about whether the fact that you know the HBC the schools from the HBCUs always get sixteen seeds is that. You know, racist, or you know, what you know, what's up with that? And I responded, well, both. I mean, sometimes it's legitimate, and sometimes it right. it's pre, you know, it's prejudice because 
uh, you know, in let's say Central's in Central's case, okay, when you, when you go off the metrics that the that the committee goes off, the RPI, the biggest one, Central did have the worst RPI in in the nation, you know, as far as teams that made it. So okay, give them the 16 seed. But then you have Texas Southern who had higher RPIs than a lot of the, than a couple of the 15 seeds and all the rest of the 16 seeds and, and they still get a 16 seed so that means in other words they have no chance to win when no, you're no, a 16 yeah. seed you are yeah it has never happened before as we know 15 seeds has you know, have upset two seeds so it's almost right. like you take that chance right. away and I don't you know I would love nobody nobody's going to ask the committee chairman about that one well they should <laughs> you know? I mean they should I mean it's like you know these HBC you all you always get stuck in the ghetto you know, always 16. Now, I don't know, historically, I don't know if Hampton or, you know, uh, you know Ben Job, and I did want to mention that, Ben Job, the legendary coach who was at um, uh, Southern. He was assistant coach to Bobby Crimmins uh, at Georgia Tech, but he passed away over the weekend. Mm. And, uh, you know, Job, was, besides being a great guy, was a great legend. In fact, he knocked off Georgia Tech once when he was at Southern. And uh, remember, I spoke to him a long time ago, I think 1992 or something. Uh, and back then, you know, whenever a black school would knock off a white school, you know, we'd, you know, we'd make all types of declarations and <laughs> promises. And maybe, you know, young black kids will come back to black school. And that's just never going right. to. I mean, I mean, black kids do go to black schools, but we're talking about right. the Chris Weber right. type of kids coming and that ship has sailed. Right. You know? you know, the facilities and the money and the T V contracts. That's what it's about. But I mean and and, and again, you know, uh, it would take there have been black kids who've come to white schools, but it would really take a Martin Luther King King type of consciousness for a group of kids, four kids or five kids, to determine that they want to go. They want to lead a black school to the championship. The four, five top kids. It says not about brick and mortar, you know. Because, I mean, you, you know, you, we could all go on these campuses, and I, I go around to campuses around the country all the time. And if you're going to make your decision just on that, you know, those schools win every time. I right. mean, you know, to resources. But there are a whole bunch of kids who are going to HBCUs for a reason. Right. And it's not just because of endowments and because of, uh, you know, the buildings and the resources. Right. It's a lot of different reasons. Some people just want to be around some black folks for like right. four and, years. And don't get it twisted. I mean, in terms of uh, the fun you can have at a, at a HBCU <laughs> and, you know, the things you'll see and uh, that type of thing, uh, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's probably a little better than, <laughs> that's why, than the big-time schools. That's why all the Duke basketball players, I know right, yeah. a couple of them disrespected NCCU, but trust me, on weekends, oh, what do you think they at. are? That's where they're at. They're, they're at NCCU, a lot, even a lot of the sisters, because hey. you know, I was when my daughter was deciding where to go to school. A lot of the um, you know the black girls at, at the young ladies at Duke were complaining mm-hmm. that a lot of the guys, particularly the athletes, all do, deal with white women, mm-hmm. and so sisters kind of left out unless you go over to NCCU. So it's this. It's this fairy tale kind of world, you know. And I talk to kids when I go around and speak, and you know, particularly in white schools, and invariably, you know, black kids kind of complain about being isolated and this and that. So, well, y'all should go to HBCU. I mean, I mean, you knew what you signed up for, right? You know, when you come here and you're like, you know, one of whatever. You know, if you really want to know what it's like to be in the majority for at least four years of your life. Go to an HBCU then, because the rest of your life invariably is going to be spent, you know, like this, like being wanted. And then you know everything you do, if you're 
black at a white school and you're on the school newspaper or the editor. Wow, it's a headline. Wow, this is wow. We're becoming a black homecoming queen. Wow, you know, <laughs> right, right, everything right. is like, because I would even look at the cheerleaders. You know, when you go to, when you watch, look, watch March Madness, right. look at the cheerleaders. Right. And now, 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 on the floor, whether it's Kentucky, all the brothers, you know, all the brothers and probably now the women too, all the players, brothers and sisters. Right. But you look at the cheerleaders and all that stuff, you may have one, you know, black cheerleader. Yeah, they got one, one you know, one or two. One or two, but I mean, yeah. so then I was at the CIAA tournament, and you forget, like, oh. you know, all the, you know, all the cheerleaders are black. I mean, you get right. to do stuff, right? You know, so there. Um, I mean, there are trade offs, obviously, but um, no, you're right. Yeah, but you you will not win a tournament. I mean, they're not going to win, and you'll probably get a 16 seed. Yeah, you probably get a 16 seed. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, that's that. I mean, as far as far as the the rest of the tournament. It's concerned. I mean, it starts Tuesday with the playing games in mm-hmm. Dayton. Tuesday and Wednesday, Central plays Wednesday, mm-hmm. um, and then Thursday the real deal starts. I'm going to head out to uh, to Vegas to check all oh, that nice. out. You know, one of the best places ever to to watch the first That's couple rounds. Be fun. Of the Where tournament. are you going? I'm going to I'm headed out. Th- well, I'm headed out there. Well, I was supposed to leave Tuesday, and my flight got canceled. You mean as in day after tomorrow? As in tomorrow, I was supposed to leave wow. tomorrow. They canceled the flight because of the big blizzard heading what into blizzard? New York. There's not one snowflake. Well, it's, it's supposed to come tonight. Suppose, well, yes. that's what they're saying. I've looked at everything the is shut down. You know that everything's getting shut down. Mm. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, there's nothing gonna be open tomorrow. Well, you know what's open? The highway. <laughs> I will drive to Florida. Yeah. I hear you. So yeah, I mean, so but I'm gonna head out there a day later. So now the flight so changed to Wednesday. Wednesday. So I might miss Thursday and get there Friday. But I'm gonna watch the you know first round games. Well, who's Friday. out there? Who's in? Who's in? Uh, Who's in Vegas? Nobody's in Vegas. Just all the games and all the casinos so and, and all so that stuff. So you're just going to Vegas? I'm going as a. It's like a the biggest watch party in America, hmm. you know, where where the game's never over. Like where you chair the game to the end. Because so you're going to hang out. I'm going to hang out and watch the game, <laughs> man. You know what I'm saying? That, you know what? That will be fun. That Very will fun. be fun. That will be, fun. That'll be like, what day is it? Maybe I should go out. Yeah, there. you should yeah, come out, man. Yeah, my stepmother's out there. I could. That'd be fun. Yeah, so, but I mean, for yeah. the tournament itself, you got mm-hmm. the the one. It was an issue, not an issue, but people thought. You know, we talked about Duke and them winning the ACC tournament. Uh, they did look great. The the freshmen, the, yeah, they, they look great. Uh, for, uh, they've had in, in injuries all year. They've had the issues. Uh, you know, Coach K right. missed some time because it was back. Grayson Allen got you know a, a, a slap, a, on a bullshit one game suspension right. for tripping like five people, and. So, but but finally they put it all together this weekend. They played. They you know, like I said they beat North Carolina. They beat Louisville. They beat uh, Notre Dame. They won the ACC championship. So there was talk about whether ju- the fact that they did that they should get a one seed. But they I think the committee did the right thing. Gave North Carolina the one seed. They had the better all around year. Right, right. The regular season. Villanova was the number one overall seed. They're looking to repeat. Uh, Gonzaga had one loss all season. They're they're going to be a one seed in the West. And then you got Kansas, who's had another great year. They always have, they always seem to have a great regular season. Um, they're the one seed, so the, obviously those are the favorites. And then you got teams like UCLA, got a three seed. I like them. We talk about uh, Lonzo Ball, who I Lonzo think Ball. no matter who they play, he's going to be the best player on the court. Mm. And then their father's, his father's going to be the loudest guy in the I gym. Know. So I mean, yeah, that's I, a I good just saw him for the first time. Really? Uh, How'd that go? Do you talk to him? No, no. I mean, I saw him in person. Oh. I just happened to. Uh, I was in Bristol mm-hmm. uh, doing the sports. Oh, he was reporters. out there. Not, well, he was on all over TV. Uh, right, right. You know, they do the little feature on him and this right, kind of stuff. Yeah. And I, I had it on mute. I said, let me listen, <laughs> let me listen to this guy. Right. Man. Yeah, I mean, what do you think? 
you know, he, he's sort of like a um, the basketball version of Richard Williams. Mm-hmm. He's exactly Richard Williams. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're either going to do it or you're not. I mean, you're either going to be a marketer. You can't go in where he wants to go with a branding himself and all that. <laughs> it's funny, uh, Scoop Jackson did the interview. I saw that. And uh, he said, well, what do you think about People say you're exploiting your kids. He says, "Hell, UCLA is exploiting them." <laughs> he said, "Why?" I mean, you know, it's right, true. It's true. It's, it, I mean, UCLA is exploiting, so you know, it's okay. But when they're exploiting them, they're giving opportunity. But his old parent can. Right. When I do it, it's like exploiting. Them. <laughs> right. Right. And I mean, that's that is true. Right. UCLA, Kansas, all these schools are exploiting the kids. Yeah. You know, the coaches are making like millions of dollars. Right. And then, but it's sort of like when when the when the on the plantation when the guys say, "Well, I just want to sell my own cotton." No. You can't sell the cotton, right. you know. Right. All you do is pick it, and, and you know. Right. I, I mean, you know. I mean, it, it, even if back in the day, if they was okay, we're gonna share, you know, we're gonna share in the profits of the plantation, right? Fifty-fifty down the middle. Now it's still a horrible institution, but we share fifty-fifty. That right. takes a little bit of the edge off. Right. But this stuff is like, you know, we get everything, and then we'll give you a like a scholarship, but it's like, it's not really costing the school anything. And it's not, you know, it's a one-year scholarship as we talked about a couple of episodes right. ago. Uh, it's a one-year scholarship. First of all, he's he doesn't, he's out. Yeah, he's done. He's out next year. He's going to be, he'll probably be the first pick overall, maybe second or third. Um, and, he, you know, he, 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 and if he wants to come back to UCLA, he'll probably have to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the crazy thing. Right. Right? If he, if he wanted to get his degree Later, oh, yeah. he's paying for it. Although, no, I think that they should. This is another. I mean, all those, everybody you see in the tournament, you know, should be guaranteed. Of course, a degree. And I mean, not guaranteed a degree. That, that's Kentucky. But I mean, I mean, <laughs> guaranteed. You know, the school will say we will hang in there you, with you. You'll get a chance for. We'll yeah. pay for your opportunity to get your degree. to get your degree. It's five years, ten, whatever. Right. We made a lifetime commitment, but yeah, no question. You know, any I mean, so UCLA, UCLA, uh, I think is a you know that's the team I would like to see get it done because I just I love the way Lonzo Ball plays. He's ba- to me he's like a Jason Kidd two point six six. Yeah, he's taller. You can shoot, um, but he has that same I you know basketball IQ. Push the ball up the court. Right. Tremendous vision. You know, team player. And that's the thing. You know, all that stuff. And his father's quick to point that out. All that stuff. Uh, you know, I may be a big talker. You know, I'm you know I'm boosting my son, but my son plays the right way. Right, and he and he says the right things. Right. He, he wants to win. He's not even right. you know he doesn't care about his stats. I tell him you know, the most important thing is win. If you if you score forty points, and you lose, I don't want to hear it. Right, you know it's not yeah. about that. Yeah, and his dad is advocate. I mean, and and in this and you know he's marketing. Right, and and that might offend the old school sensibilities, but that's. You know, I mean, he makes a good point. You know, he said the school, why should the school get everything? I mean, you know, why should Steve Alford, uh, you know, get the contract, you know, and the kids basically get nothing? Did you see, by the way, speaking of Alford, did you see the end of the Arizona-UCLA game? Yeah, that was great. Well, that, that was part where— uh, That was great. Yeah, he, I mean, so he, I, I guess for the last time they played, Al, Alford was winning. Right. And there, you know, there's like a second left, they're right, up by whatever. Time. You know, too much to come back, and he calls timeout. Right. You know, I guess to rub it in. Right. So at this this time around, uh, Miller, Sean the coach, Miller, Sean right. Miller, the coach of Arizona, uh, you know, about a second left, and he he made sure he got a timeout to do the exact same thing. Because <laughs> he said, Alfred said, when they asked him about it, you know, when he did it, he said, 
well, you know, I just want them to have their poise. So they asked Melly, well, I wanted them to have their poise too. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. So that was great. You got to love Melly's ultra competitive. Right. I remember him as a player for Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know, t- you know, one of those toughest nails. Actually, they were both similar players. Right. I mean, not Alfred, Alfred was a scorer. Right. On, you know, for and Bob Alfred Mack. always had like he uh, had the slick look. You know. Right. That's the, true. Well, yeah. The '77 it's Sunset it's, Strip yeah, kind of. Yeah. Whereas Miller was straight Pittsburgh. Right. Exactly. Miller, all, well, I mean, Alfred was from. Where was he from? Where well, I don't know. He from? Sticks of Saturn Indiana somewhere. I don't know. Something anyway. He was definitely from Indiana because remember the Pacers drafted him and he was a bust. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Just remind people of that that yeah. he was a bust. Um, so I guess um, that's kind of any. any uh, oh, what was so, so, before we end this segment? Um, the atmosphere of MSG versus uh, um, uh, Barkley. You think MSG? I mean, Barkley was a better atmosphere. No, I, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, it's MSG. When I, you know, I was at the I was at the Big East Championship game. It was sold out. Mm. The entire Big East tournament was, was sold out. So mm. it's not like it's not like you know, Barclays was had the ACC doing their thing and MSG was empty. Right? <laughs> you know, right. I mean, I, I mean, MSG was still a great you know atmosphere. Mm. It was still loud in there. It was just a little better basketball this year mm-hmm. at the in the ACC tournament. I don't think I don't, I don't think the Big East is dead or MS, or the Big East at MSG mm-hmm. is dead or anything like that. And it's still Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. And as we just talked about, that's even even the ACC. That's where they want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, everybody wants to be in New well, York. Everybody wants to be. Everybody wants to be in New York. Um, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Andre. Iguodala's master. Who's the master? Mm. We'll be back in a couple seconds. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back on Bill Roden on Sports. Everybody wants to laugh. Aye, but nobody wants to cry. I say everybody wants to laugh. But nobody wants to cry. We're back. We got we got an engineer, man. We gonna have like we have a revolt of the engineer. We're back with uh, Bill Roden on sports here in uh, Midtown Manhattan, Chelsea. Of course, our executive uh, producer Aaron Matthewson reminded us that she said, "Well, you know, aren't women playing?" And yes, oh yes, they are playing, and uh, she's you know <laughs> what about it? So no, uh, the women's in fact the um, women's final uh, yeah, the tournament right. the seed is being announced uh, as we speak today as okay. we speak, and um, yeah, so Connecticut. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure Connecticut's the overall Connecticut's number one seed. Overall, and, and let me just that's say all that. I know. No, yeah, well, and, and that's all you have to know. Unfortunately, no, but that's all you have to know. You know, I mean, that's really, and and that's. For better or for worse, that is the landscape of women's basketball, college basketball right now. It's it's um, UConn and everybody else. I mean, they are so far ahead of everyone else that you'd almost should have two different tournaments. You should, you know, crown Connecticut, <laughs> just crown them, just crown them, and then let everybody else play for second, third, and fourth. Well, I mean, what, but that's, that's that's what they're doing, and really. that's essentially what they're doing, unless. All five stars break their legs. Right. I and, mean, that's the thing. It'd be it'd be a complete shock if if UConn didn't win it all. Yeah. And you know, I mean, you've got to have competition. I know that when when uh, you know Alcindor went to uh, then Alcindor went to UCLA, and you know UCLA was running away with the tournament. 
people had some of the same complaints. You know, that, that, oh, the quality, you know, there's nobody who can beat them and all that. And they said, what's going? What's wrong with college basketball? And that, and nothing was wrong. It was just that, that, that there was just such night and day difference. And it's the same thing in some ways. The women's game has been sort of a victim of of Connecticut's success because they are just so not just better than everybody else. They're greater by far than everybody. I mean, they make mitts me to the competition. At some point, you don't really want to see that. You know. Yeah, but you know, and then there's the other side to it that they can they get press, you know that that they do bring some eyes to the table because you want to see you know how you know how is this team so good? Uh, Coach Gino Gino Ariema, you know he he's he's getting he's gets his props as being you know one of the greatest coaches in the in the game right. period. Um, so you know there's the other side to it that they actually bring. Um, publicity to the game at the same time. So, I mean... And you should watch excellent. I mean, I, I, I will watch because, you know, again, you want to find out is anybody going to be... I mean, that would be... If Connecticut loses, that will be the greatest upset in either tournament. Right. And, and possibly maybe of all time. I mean, and I'd say in the last 20 years. Unless uh, Central or Texas Southern wins. And well, that's that's huge. If, if Texas <laughs> Southern beats North Carolina. Right. If it's a, if it's a 16 seed, that might take the cake. Yeah. Um, but, you know, let's let's switch gears. Uh, you know, we want to talk, I, I want to talk about Andre uh, Iguodala last Friday. You know, uh, Iguodala, who, by the way, is one of the more insightful uh, players in the NBA. He gave the owner a copy of uh, Tanasi Coates' uh, "Between the World and Me." Did he? And and the owner said that was he was so moved by it. Uh, he says one of the most important books that he that that he's ever read. And isn't he a fan of uh, Forty Million Dollar Slave? Yeah, I, of course I was going to mention that. <laughs> he uh, no he <laughs> no, but when when the book came out, Iguodala put that on his top reading list. So I mean, so he's a very thoughtful guy, and he knows. What he's saying, and he likes. I wrote a column for the undefeated about the. Um, uh, that was, about out, the that was out today. Yeah, it's out today. Read it, um, but um, you know, you you know, you you've been in these locker rooms. Iguodala is the kind of guy, and and largely it's a white sports media. Right. Sometimes he'll just f with people. Right. He'll just say things, and it's like the guy who gives a pump fake. Right. And it, it goes for it every time, you know. You admit anything that has to do with race or racism. So this time, some, you know, uh, Steve Kerr said that he's going to rest for the starters going into San Antonio. So a reporter said, "Did you ask Aguilar? Did you know that Steve Kerr said he's going to rest you?" And he, um, you, 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 I think I'm sorry, you got this all queued up. Why don't you yeah, take us into let, that? So we, I mean, yeah, let's let's see, let's listen to exactly what Aguilar said. Uh, he. He mentioned, you know, that Massa does what he wants to do, and he also had some other comments, and this is what he said. Yeah, they want, they want dumb so I'm going to get y'all dumb Anything else? Yeah. Um, what would dumb say? Um, just play harder. Figure it out. Change going to come. Ain't that what we should say? Yeah. Change is going to come. Was it planned that you, were, you guys would take tomorrow we taking tomorrow off? You, Steph, Dre, and Clay. Uh, no, no proof. Do what Master say. Now, it was a brother who was asking him the question, mm-hmm. you know, and so when he said do what Master say. Now, whenever I'm in that situation, 
and a brother will say something like that, I'll just kind of laugh. Yeah, you laugh at it. You laugh at it. And because, you know, I mean, how many times I've always, you know, sometimes we'd be out of lunch at the Times or whatever, and we say, oh, well, we're going back to the plantation, Mm -hmm. you know. And the reality is that we're all on the plantation. Right. I mean, I'm sorry, white white people say that too. Oh, but black people, yeah, I mean, everybody's on the plantation. Right. You know, uh, and but that's something that a lot of white athletes didn't. Sometimes I remember when Kurt Flood, way back in the day, was uh, uh, he refused to be traded. And this was the beginning of free agency. It's like 1969, and he said, you know, he got traded from St. Louis to Philadelphia, and he refused to go. And he said, I'm not a piece of meat, you know, to be like a cattle to be traded. And a lot of his white teammates, a lot of teammates were freaked out because nobody ever stood up to the owners. But one one of the things he that he told them was that listen. This is not a black thing. So we're all on this plantation. Right. We're all working for master. They tell us when to play. They cut us when they want to cut us. They trade us when they want to trade us. When we are of no longer any use for them, they 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 throw it, they crumple us up and throw it in the wastebasket. And a lot of the white players never really thought of themselves as being on a plantation. You know, they said, "Wow, you know what? You're right." And I mean, even if you go outside of of, of sports. I mean, that's, you know, when you look at labor and poor people in this country, you know, that um, it, it's not just this black thing. I mean, there are more poor white people than there are black people. Right. You know, and and, and when you look at people who are going to get killed by the health care reform, it's going to be overwhelming numbers of, of white people. Right. But, you know, they, they, they're so blinded by this racism that they will, they will jump, they will go over a cliff you know, uh, like what is it, the typical thing of spiting your nose? Yeah, uh, cutting your to, nose to spite your, your face. Your face. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, and it's not, and it's not just that they'll go over a cliff. They'll be, they're being pushed over a cliff by other people who want that, you know, who want their support and know their their weaknesses in terms of, you know, beliefs and right. all that type of stuff. And they want to put that, they want to blame it. They want to, they know you'll accept that blame, right. and they want to put it on race. And and you forget, and you st- and you end up voting against your interests. I know we're going to this crazy, yeah, yeah. this political conversation, but that's why I always say I always say black people are the smartest voters, you know, some of the smartest people on on in, on earth because we never vote against our interests. No, we oh, are, never. We always vote ninety five percent against against Trump. That, 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 we, that, we, that, we we know what it looks like. Right. In fact, we or have... or not just Trump, but like a Ben Carson. He doesn't get the black vote. No, because they know <laughs> we know Uncle Tom's when we see one. Right. You know, they made a little different, but I mean. You know, Aaron Matthewson, our executive producer, came in here was like lobbying, you know, talking about the women thing. But how could you be 54? How can women be 54% of the country right. and not elect the first woman president? Yeah. If black folks were 54%, there'd be a black president every single every single election. Or at least for 10 straight, and then, then we might, you know, try something else. Yeah, but I mean, but- <laughs> it's, it's right. I mean, but there'd be like, somebody said Flavor Flav would be the president. Well, I, mean, I don't know about all that. Yeah. I wouldn't vote for Flav. But, uh, well, who would you vote for if he was running? If he was running against Trump, who would you vote for? Flavor, Flavor, Trump. Flav. Right. <laughs> anyway. But anyway, what were, what were we talking <laughs> we, about? We were talking about uh, oh, Equidala Equidala. Equidala. and Master. I mean, it's kind of right. it's kind of all symmetrical. Let me ask you this: so, so Iguodala, you know, he he he's responding to a question, I guess, about the game, um, and basically he's saying, well, uh, you know, y'all want a dumb end? I'm gonna give you what a dumb. Dumb man, what, 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 what do you think he's saying there? I think some what he was saying, I think sometimes, and, and again, it was very random, but, you know, the whole, first of all, Jamal, you've been in these locker mm-hmm. rooms, mm-hmm. And, and some of the 
dumbest questions right, are course. asked. You know, um, and also I think that he was referring to, you know, um, you know, brothers who aren't necessarily, when they give these answers, aren't necessarily sharp and articulate and kind of mumble and, you know, gee, mom, I'm glad I won mm-hmm. kind of thing, not particularly perceptive. And that's I what guess they want. He's saying, saying that's what white people and the white media, whether they want, that's, they've come to expect that. Mm-hmm. You know, that they've come to expect uh, a level of non-sophistication when it comes to a lot of black athletes. And I think what's happening in the last few years, but even more than that, when you've got brothers who are not only, and sisters, who are not only, you know, uh, quote-unquote articulate, but who really understand this whole racial dynamic. And I think it, it becomes kind of hard for these white reporters, particularly if you listen to like a typical white guy, you know, and you hear some brothers like running down the whole hypocrisy. Oh, white, you know, black labor, white wealth or something like that. And he's man, you know, I was just here to get a quote after the game. I, right, yeah, right. I, I don't know that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, to me it sounds like there's like a level of um, frustration on his part. You know, being being a smart guy, he's a right. smart guy and he, know, he knows he's a smart guy. He probably f- feels as if he doesn't, you know, he's not seen that way. or he, You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's not asked questions that, you know, that appreciate his level of intelligence. And also, you know, it's a long, it's a long season. You're answering the same question right. night after night, night after night. Now, all of a sudden, you know, uh, Kevin Durant's hurt. Right. Oh, now, of course, right. Now, all of a sudden, you've lost right. two, three straight games, four straight. And, you know, for, for the past couple of years, Golden State really didn't have a lot of adversity. I mean, they didn't really have any adversity until Steph Curry got it. I mean, their run has pretty much been like Alice in Wonderland. I mean, it hasn't been a lot. This has been the first real well, adversity. Well, they lost the 3-1 lead, and then they never heard yeah. the end of that. Yeah, and they, uh, as they should not. But then what they do? They went out and got, you know, they went through well, the Durant, hood. Durant came to them, yeah. though. You know, what are you going to do? Say no? Yeah. But you know, you know, going back to Iguodala, though, I think, you know, I appreciate what he said. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, he really didn't say much, really. But He said um, a lot without saying much. Yeah, he said a lot without saying much. And he didn't, you know, he didn't explain what he meant. We're, we're here. I mean, I, we, we kind of know what he meant, but right. we don't really know. But, but we you kinda, know what? But I appreciate yeah. it because right. why not? Yeah. You know, speak, you know, say yeah. what you want to say. Yeah, and, 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 and the thing is, you know, uh, as I was telling our uh, engineer, I mean, sometimes, you know, you don't, you don't have to explain yourself. You put it out there and you either get it or you don't. And sometimes if you have to ask, you don't get it. And I think... I think, trust me, the black folks in that, in that, in that, they understood exactly what he meant. Although he didn't necessarily, you know, pull out a diction, you know, and say, "No, this is what I really meant." You know, right, you don't, right. you don't have to. You could just say some things, and everybody knows. Although it's random, what you're talking about, you're talking about racism, right. and then, and then, almost to illustrate the point, the next day, uh, two days later. Adam Silver, the commissioner, <laughs> finds him. You know, he finds him ten thousand dollars. He like flogs him. Yeah, so like, we're the, gonna what's, take. What's the fine for? The fine for, I guess, because he used the N word. Although that's what that's what he's gonna say. He fined him for the N word, but he probably really fined him for is that he used master. Right. But he couldn't. <laughs> see, he could come out and say I fined because yeah. he used master. I mean, he's talking. He's talking about him. He's talking about Silver. That's what he's talking about. He, he's always talking about Steve Kerr. He ain't talking about Steve Kerr. No, he's not talking. He's about talking about the the people who have the power to make him fly from East Coast to West Coast and played two back-to-back games on one night's rest and said, you better be grateful, you know. And so, 
that's you know then people's oh you you shouldn't be complaining you right, should, you know right, right. well because you're making so much money right, right. It's not about money it's about power right power and control and you you should never tell me what I should be doing right ever right you know like I right. you, you, I shouldn't be complaining how do you know right you don't know what's going on right. well if I was in your position you don't but you're I, not you, but you're not because you right. can't be. <laughs> Because you can't you didn't be, work because right, you can't play. You're not, you're not as talented, and you didn't work as hard. Right, and, and you know it's it's, it's amazing, you know. But people always say that you know, that if I was in, well, you but you're not. I mean, <laughs> right. and you and you never will be. So, right. Anyway, good props to uh, props to Andre Udala. Yeah. Keep we it gotta, up. We gotta, we, gotta, we gotta get him to call the show. Exp- explain. Not, I mean, not explain. Well, just talk about talk about talk whatever. About but talk, you know, that'd be a, that's an interesting conversation. And he loved your book, so you know, I'm sure he'll come on. We'll hit him up, me, right? Yeah. Aaron, we're going to hit him up, right? Yeah, yeah. Wait me for to finish another one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, but on that same mm. on that same note, it's sort of, you know, um, in the NFL, everybody's been talking about Colin Kaepernick. I mean, I mean, everybody's uh, talking about uh, free agency. I, I thought that was nobody. A, uh, I thought that was a joke. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, right. Crickets. Yeah, yeah. Nobody is talking about Colin Kaepernick. I mean, they're talking about Jay Cutler. They're talking about Tony Romo. Who you want, uh, Cutler or Kaepernick? I guess it depends on the team you have. Yeah, I mean, I just take Kaepernick just because. Well, I know that. You know? But I mean, even as a player, yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean and Cutler's never won. Has Cutler ever won anything? No, I mean, at least Kaepernick Kaepernick's has. been in the Super Bowl. Right. You know, he's and been he's in the Super Bowl. Yeah, he's younger. There's upside. You know, I mean, interesting. Kaepernick said that he's finished kneeling. That mm. for now on, he's going to stand for the national anthem. That's, yeah, that's fine with me. That's I mean, good. He did, that's, that's I mean, okay. how long? You, I mean, but he can't a, carry the whole, carry everything by on his own shoulders. Right, but here's the problem, though. I mean, it's not the problem, but even though he stand, people know know what he's thinking. <laughs> he said, I mean, it's not like, oh well, you buy into this. They know that it's all pragmatic, right? You know, so they know that his core beliefs about the country have not changed. He just right. is now a free agent, right. and he wants to get picked up. So he right. said, "Okay, cool, I'll stand. You want me to stand? Right. I'll stand, but I still have to sing. Because you know, I mean, you, you want me to sing? I'll sing the national anthem if you want. Right. But it's also a thing like, how long? You know, was he was he going to kneel forever? I know, because you know, until change comes. I mean, it's, yeah. it's not going to come before he retires. <laughs> but, how much his, his knees, especially will be especially there. now, especially the new administration. Oh my God. You know, yeah. he might as well just stay in the locker room now. <laughs> well, that would be a, that. That's an option. Yeah, you got to you know, you got to take the next step. Stay in the locker room, please. Give me a break. Yeah, no, but I mean, listen, you you know, he made the point. You know, he made the point, uh, and uh, you know, um, and I, I don't really have a problem with him. You know, saying he's going to stand because we know what's in his heart. His right. heart hasn't changed. Of course. Yeah, and, and my thing is, like I said, I mean, you know, how long, I mean, he has to carry the whole movement on his shoulders. I mean, more people, in my opinion, should have stepped up and, and, and right. knelt with him. Exactly. And only a select few did. You know, he, he like you said, he made he made his point. But right. as far as the- Because people were afraid of master. Exactly. So, <laughs> but as far as why he hasn't been picked up, you know, I mean, part of it is, you know, part of it is- do we know how good he is as a quarterback? Right. We know we know he's a he's a legitimate starter. I think we he's a legitimate close to legitimate starter. So, you know, there's obviously there's an argument that he's not being picked up for football reasons and the other stuff just is just added on and can't can't help him. I mean, I I I I have to believe that if he had been the, you know, kind of straight-laced standard attention blah blah, you know, 
that there's a chance right. that he would have gotten picked up. Right. I, I think what you're seeing now is sort of take him out and take him take him out in the middle of the square and flog him, a few, you know, flog him a few times. And, and that's interesting too because if he was you know the straight laced, you know quarterback never said anything, had no baggage. Um, there's no question he's at least a backup quarterback. Right. But then you look around; they're not historically there haven't been many black backup quarterbacks. Yeah. Anyway, no, you either play. So, yeah. or you so don't. when you're a black quarterback, you either you either the 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 man or you're right. not on the team. Right. Well, that that was the same thing for the longest time, even in basketball, till it became all black. That you know, uh, if you were you were not on the bench. I mean, that was a role for the white players. You were not like a bench player. You know, you either started or you weren't on the team. Then, of course, it got to the point where it was like all the entire roster was black. Basketball. Yeah. In basketball, I wonder. I wonder. I wonder. Given uh, what I perceive to be Trump's racist, uh, racial, and racist politics, if he's looking at March Madness, he seems to be the kind of typical. And there's a lot of people surround him that look at the game and say, "Why are these black? Why are these black guys playing? You know, why? Why aren't there any white guys playing?" And he seems to be the kind of person, or some people around him, who look at this tournament, see all these black folks. Like, and I was looking at him, you know, like, since, I mean, every single team, for the most part, you know, had, like, all black starters or, or three or five, I mean, just routinely. And looking at this, why can't any white guys? And then, to me, that's when the frustration, because you could do something about this other stuff he's trying to dismantle. You could fire the attorneys. But this whole big-time basketball, it has gotten such a, a, a deep black infrastructure that there's no law that you could bet to reverse it would take, I think, a couple decades. If 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 he looked at it and said, "Why are these black guys? Why aren't there any white guys playing? Can we do anything about this?" It's not like you could write a law or put. I mean, I mean, that's what the jockeys thought, and they you know, took care of them. But you, you know, what I'm saying it must. And all the stuff that they're trying to reverse, when they look at the, the NFL, big time college football. I mean, how's Jeff Sessions? How must he feel? Here's this guy <laughs> in Alabama, and you know he loves Alabama football. Oh, yeah, loves All these, but and so sure. what? What is the kind of the tension, the dilemma, the that he's got to feel that when he looks all these black guys and all this big time football and all this, and meanwhile you could kind of put all this other stuff on the shelf, the civil rights stuff, but when he gets to this core of all these young black men and and and, and women dominating this stuff, and he said, well, how can we dismantle that? You know, what I mean. Because you can't, you can't legislate. You can't, you know, uh, you know. It, I mean, yeah, I mean, and we've talked about that before. That's the that's one of the beauties of sports, and one of the reasons why, you know, black people and people of color have succeeded in sports because it's the most merit based right. system there is. Because everybody's watching. Everybody can see. Oh, this person is better than this person. You know, take take politics out of it. It's just, you know, oh, I can see with my own eyes. That this person's better than this person, and and the name of the game is winning, so we're not going to discriminate when it comes to that. Um, we're going to just take the best player, and that doesn't happen in any other profession. Um, there's politics that plays into it, obviously. There's racism that plays into it. So, I mean, I guess the way they the way someone like Sessions rationalizes it is, you know, hey, I can accept I'm not the fastest player. Uh, you know, I'm not the fastest guy, or they're, or they'll, you know, they're just faster than we right. are. They're just naturally because you know, nat- of they're, slavery or something. Right, they're, they're naturally they're, they're bigger and stronger than we right. are. But the, he could never rationalize, um, he never accept that that 
they are smarter than we are. Even one of them is smarter than than I am. Right. You know, that's where the whole. So when Obama came, he was like the ultimate uh, threat to them, and hate and hatred started because. I mean, I mean, it's clear that Obama's probably one of the smartest people we've ever seen. Right. So the true, the true racist, guy. yeah, the true yeah. racist can't take that. Right, right. So I said, man, there's a little diversion. But I was thinking about that. Uh, um, you know, um, I was watching the game, and you know, it, it was either uh, North Carolina Duke or just game after game after game. Right. And like all these black athletes, I mean, like just you know, and I was like, I wonder what I wonder what racists think when they look at this stuff. And they're you know they're cheering, but you know maybe I don't know maybe we should have one on. Uh, Aaron, could you get us a racist uh, <laughs> next next week so we can yeah. you know they could talk about the tournament. Okay, we'd like to talk to them about this. Shouldn't be too hard. Yeah, it should be <laughs> anyway. Um, so yeah, that was uh, Kaepernick. You know, maybe by the time we uh, get on next week, he will be on somebody's team. Maybe, and if not, maybe we could have him here. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so we'll, you know we'll see. Right. I, you know, he, he's one of those guys. Uh, he's not a star, uh, like you said. If he were if he were Cam Newton, I think he'd be on the team regardless. Like if he had the same stance and he was right. he was Cam Newton, he'd be somewhere, no question. I just so want to make so part, so part of the, part of it is is the playing, and I'm he's he's one of those guys. He's not since he's not a star. He's he's the guy that those guys will get filled in towards the end of free agency. I'm right. pretty sure he'll find. Hopefully, he'll find a place. Yeah, yeah. Probably end up in New York. Well, that'd be fine. That'd be great. All right, my man. You know, uh, it's been a, a great hour of 35 minutes. Um, put you on the spot. Who's going to be in the Final Four? I'm going to go with, uh, and I might, I can, sw- let me switch this tomorrow if I want. But uh, in that <laughs> time, thir- it starts on Thursday. But right now, I'm going Villanova, Gonzaga, Kansas, and UCLA. I'm going to take UCLA over Gonzaga in the final. How about that? West Coast. Okay. I'm going to take Texas Southern, North Carolina <laughs> Central. Um, who's got a black coach? Uh, there, is, is there one black coach in this whole thing? Yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple. Arkansas has a black coach. Okay, uh, Mike um, Mike Mike Anderson, Anderson. Anderson. Right, so that's that's uh, Arkansas. Uh-huh. And who else? Uh, I'll, I'll find one. I'll find one. Uh, well, okay, well, I'll, I'll put, put Gonzaga in there. So, so my, my final four will be Texas Southern, North Carolina Central, Arkansas, and Gonzaga. Okay. All right. You heard it here first. Don't be surprised. <laughs> hey, everybody. Listen, enjoy March Madness. Uh, by the way, best of luck to uh, um, Middlebury. Middlebury had a tough loss. You know, you heard Kyle Dudley, Dudley was on the show. Right. Uh, they had a great run, um, and they, they got knocked off um, Saturday by um, Williams. But it's a tough game, but they had a great run, and we'll have – Kyle on the show maybe in a couple of weeks just to talk about the run and March Madness because he is, is a basketball connoisseur. Anyway, enjoy March Madness. Jamal, enjoy uh, Vegas, man. It should be a lot of fun I'll, if you ever get there. Yeah, exactly. I, but I'll enjoy it regardless, wherever I am. That's right. All right, everybody. Uh, thank you, uh, Steve, Aaron. See you guys next week. God bless.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.